0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a special edition of the Peter King podcast. As I sit here on Sunday evening recording this podcast, I'm in Nashville. But this is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers centric, a Tampa Bay podcast, as it were. A lot of Tom Brady coming your way in the next three quarters of an hour. You're gonna hear an interview I did over video conference with Tom Brady last Thursday in Tampa. You're going to hear part of my Football Morning in America column that you can Read as we speak. If you want to read and listen to the podcast at the same time, man, what a magician you would be. But you can do that anytime today, anytime this week. Read, about, read all about how Tom Brady is adjusting to life as a buck, how they're adjusting to him. Hint, it's good news. And finally, I'm gonna have a conversation with my NBC Sports producer, Annie Koblitz. She is on the trip with me. She is a do-it-all person on this trip. She's my videographer. She's setting things up. Uh, She drives a good deal of the way. She drove basically the whole way from Tampa, Florida to Atlanta, Atlanta here to Nashville. And when we leave Nashville, I'm actually going to assist on the driving between Nashville and Kansas City. But for now, let's devote the next, say, 45 minutes to Tom Brady, his new team in Tampa. And let's start with my conversation from last Thursday with Tom Brady. I'm in a hotel in Tampa, he's at the Buccaneers trading facility. Here's Tom Brady. So, back on the podcast, happy to be joined by Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, which is really probably one of the strangest opens to a, a podcast I've ever done because. I just never thought this day would come, but here it is. And, uh, Tom, I guess I I would start off by saying that in going out and watching you at practice today and seeing you in the, the creamsicle jersey is just really one of the oddest things that I've seen in a long time. And I wonder, when you first put on a different uniform, did you find yourself looking in the mirror and saying, This is really, really strange.
1: Uh, I think that when you've been in a place for 20 years, it's, it's, um, you know, there's so much familiarity to a lot of different things and certainly even the clothes you wear. So, um, you know, I knew every color combination uh, that I had for 20 years. And, you know, I think I came down here and I said the other day, I didn't know where the quarterback room was. I didn't know where, we're supposed to eat meals, you know, you put on these different jerseys. Um, it's all a little bit different. So every day that goes by, it's getting a little uh, more up to speed with different things. And there's a lot to catch up on based on how the off season went. And um, now that it's really the Thursday before we would have had our first preseason game today. And we still haven't put pads on. So that's pretty unique. Um, so it's just a lot of different things about 2020. And um, gonna try to make the most of it like I always have.
0: Has it hit you yet that um, you know, that all of the adjustments you've had to make, I mean, Joe Montana was in San Francisco for 13 years. Peyton Manning in Indianapolis for 13 years. You were in New England for for 20 years. Yep, Does it still feel odd? to go out to practice with a new team for a new coach in the most stifling humidity you've ever felt in your life.
1: <laughs> I, I know, you know, I feel like I mastered the cold weather. Cause I, you know, again, I just been up there for so long, you know, exactly what they, how to do it. And here it's a different type of, uh, inclement weather. So it's, um, it's, it has its challenges and it's just, you just sweat so much. Um, but I'll get used to that. And I think for me, it's just trying to familiarize myself with all the things that I need to do to do a great job for this team. So, um, you know, it's a new experience for me. Um, It's been really fun getting to know my teammates, my coaches, and um, you know, going out there and, you know, every team has different challenges every year and every player has different challenges based on their situation. And some guys are young guys trying to make a career and some guys are older and you know, trying to um, you know, really finish out their career the way they want. I'm definitely, you know, closer to the end than I am the beginning. But um, you know, I want to go out there and I want to have a great year for this team.
0: It was about, I think about 10 or 12 years ago where you said to me that you wanted to play at least until you were 40 or maybe beyond that. So now that you're playing at age 43. Physically, yeah. how exactly do you feel right now?
1: I feel pretty good. Um all things considered, I think it's, you know, I think we trained pretty hard this off season. Um, it definitely, you know, at this age has its challenges. Um I just have to be so diligent with how I take care of myself. There's no there's really not a lot of room for error, so well, all the pliability treatments I get, uh, they're daily. Uh, the way I work out, I have to be really conscious of that, um, have to eat the right things, got to stay hydrated. Um, you know, you just can't, probably never could, uh, you know, get away with, you know, fast food and things like that. Maybe you think you can, but in the end, I think all those things always catch up to you. So, you know, I just, I've had a belief that, you know, for a long period of time, this was what my goal would be. And I think over the years, my routine and process for taking care of my body's gotten better and better. So that's really allowed me to get to this point where I feel like I have a lot of knowledge. Um, you know, I still physically feel like I can throw the football well and get the job done. And again, I got to work hard at it. So it's not like there's anything easy about uh, football in general. And certainly uh, in your 40s, it, 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 it gets tougher than when you're in your 30s. But in terms of the physical demands of your job,
0: the condition of your legs, how your arm feels, does it feel like you can definitely play an NFL season the way you feel right
1: now? How'd it look today out there at practice?
0: I think it looked pretty good.
1: <laughs> I think it feels pretty good. So there's a lot of. You <laughs> this, know- is the thing. this
0: is the thing that surprised me today about this practice. And look, I don't know what you guys do. I don't know what you will be doing. I always say to people when they say, hey, you saw him at training camp, how'd they look? Well, I mean, that is the ultimate snapshot. I mean, how do you know what anybody is going to do on any given day? Today at nine o'clock, you go out and you're doing all of these things where you're running around, you know, you're thrown from outside the pocket, you're weaving in and out of people, you're getting balls thrown at, you know, the Bosu ball or whatever those balls are called thrown at you, you know, and. Yeah. And, and I just started to think to myself, man, Brady, this is not Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the pocket guy. He's not running out of the pocket all the time and throwing it the way he is now. But those are drills. So you just don't know. But in yeah. my opinion, watching you, you looked good and fairly nimble. And your arm, which I think everybody wanted to know about, your arm in the wake of last season, toward the end of last season. So we'll start with that. How does your arm feel now? And, and how do you feel in this offense where there's going to be a lot of demands on your arm to throw it downfield?
1: Well, I'd say I feel really good. I think my arm is as is, is strong and as good and as in shape as it's ever been um you know i think every offense demands some different things and you know everybody has a different way of um i'd say everyone has a different belief of how to essentially move the ball down the field and score points you know i think if you talk to 32 different offensive coordinators they're going to give you 32 different ideas of what they think in their mind best suits the team and the players and so forth so um Again, being in one place and you have that familiarity, which is why I think continuity in the NFL is so important. When you look at uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, you know they're so on the same page with their belief of how to do that that it provides them a lot of um, margin of error. So, in a really condensed format like we have, we're trying to get on the same page. Myself, Byron, um, you know, BA trying to really understand each other. They obviously know how I've done things. I'm trying to understand how they do things um, so that it can be as efficient as possible. Um, again, also understanding that, you know, we both come from different backgrounds and ideas, um, which is totally fine. And and I think that I've really enjoyed the opportunity of getting to, um, you know, understand kind of the, the, the way they do things. So it's been good. Um, you know, I, I said this the other day, I, it's my 30th year playing football, including high school, and this is the first time I've ever had an offensive head coach. Um, so that wow. provides something a little bit different uh, for the quarterback. That's amazing. Um, that yeah. that really is amazing. Yeah, 30 years of high school, college, and then pro football, and I've had, you know, the first time it's been an offensive coach. So it's 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 interesting. Um, so, but it's been on. It's it, again, it's been it's been a lot of work and it's been enjoyable. Um, and I'm really, you know, I'm motivated to go out there and do a great job. that's what I want to do. I want to go have a great season. And I know there's a lot that's going into it. A lot of uncertainty with different things that are probably out of our control, but what I've tried to control is myself, my preparation and put myself in a position where I can go out there and help the team win games.
0: Did you draw any motivation from the fact that when you signed with Tampa, a lot of people, both in my business and some NFL people said, man, that's not the greatest fit. Brady doesn't have the deep arm that, that Bruce Arians wants in his offense.
1: Uh, You know, I think there's, again, everybody's got an opinion about a lot of different things. And um, I certainly, my opinion probably is the only one that really matters to me. So I think that in the end you can, you can prove them wrong or you can prove them right. And I think for me, I got the opportunity to go out there and play and I'm going to make the most of it. And I'm going to do what I've always done. So, um, you know, it's, it's just going to have to go out there and, and, and do it. Are you certainly no entitlements. I would say that, you know, there's no, you got to go earn it in football. I mean, regardless of what you say or think or what anyone says or thinks, it doesn't matter because you get a chance to go out there and prove it. So, I never really put a lot of credence or credit into what, you know, I have a belief or confidence in myself, but I still got to go do it and prove it to myself too. And I think that's what motivates me and gets me, uh, you know, going each day that I don't give a shit what happened yesterday, day before, you know, today's the day. I and mean, that's where you got to put your time and energy. Are you happy? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good word.
0: Well, I wonder because you make this life-changing decision. You know, you've got one chance, basically, to have a second life in this game. I mean, probably one chance. And you chose Tampa Bay. And it wasn't the only choice that you could have made. And I just wonder, as you sit here right now, are you happy you made this choice?
1: Yeah, I I thought long and hard about... um you know, making the decision. I thought I put a lot of, um, a lot of really careful thought into everything that I really valued. Um, I probably listed 20 different things that were important. I had a weighted scale about what was, you know, not so important, but you know, I think. What was about- really
0: important on that scale?
1: Those are personal things. Truthfully, those are personal things. Um, Yeah, you know, I had a a weighted scale and when I added it all up, you know, Tampa seemed like it was a a great opportunity and um, I'm, 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 you know, when I, if I think back at the decision, I'm so happy the decision I made because it's, you know, again, we got to go out there and play football and that's going to require something totally different. Um, But I've really enjoyed working with the guys and, you know, that's, it's been a lot of fun.
0: I just got one one last question. I think there will probably be Bradyologists who will look at both this decision and the fact that you're not on the Patriots anymore and think that something really untoward happened. And I've always sort of had this feeling about you and you're going to tell me whether this is right or wrong. And my feeling is that you know, you basically live in the day and for the day and in the moment. And I've, all, I've always felt since you made this decision that a big part of it was, wouldn't it just be cool to have another life experience? And I don't know how much of that it was, but since I haven't talked to you since then, how much of that was part of your decision? Just to do something new, to try something new.
1: I don't think it was, you know. I I think for anyone to make a different, you know, a, a decision, you just got to weigh the different, you know, opportunities that you have. And um, you know, I spent twenty years in one place, and I left on great terms, and I have so much respect for everybody at that organization, Mr. Kraft and Jonathan and Coach Belichick and Josh, who I worked with, and all the players and coaches that have meant so much to me in my life that are close friends that will, that will continue to be that way. Um, but you know, it was, it was a, you know, I made a decision to do something different and it was a, it was a very thoughtful decision. It wasn't, you know, a spurt of the moment thing. It was, um, you know, some people that I really, uh, talked with and confided in and, you know thought about you know making this type of decision and it was it's really worth it to me i mean i i'm really excited about this opportunity for me as a player um and to to go to an organization that you know i feel like is committed to winning and you know a lot of really solid players that are motivated and really since the moment i got here you know it's they've embraced me they've embraced me with um you know the opportunity to go lead the team. And that's a big responsibility for me. And, um, you know, i want to go out there and I want to do a great job. And again, it's one thing to say, it's another to do it. And I'm always focused on the doing and less saying. So everyone could make predictions, but for me, it's all about process and how you can improve a process. So you can gain more margin of error when, you know, when, when, when you actually got to get on the field and the games count. So, we're still a month from that. It's a month to the day. And we got a lot of ground to make up, um, especially me. I think, again, I said continuity. I think is the most important thing in NFL. Well, I haven't had a lot of continuity here. So that's one thing I'm definitely, uh, that's working against us. But we're going to try to make up for it as best we can. And it's been a lot of time and energy the last couple of weeks in here, getting accustomed to the offense, the calls, kind of the, the ways that there's so many intricacies to football that are, always changing and always challenging based on matchups on a week to week basis. And, you know, it's got to just be everybody trusting and committed to one another that we can go out there and, uh, you know, take what's ahead of us on a daily basis and try to try to do a great job. So that part I've really enjoyed.
0: Hey, Tom Brady, have a fun year and uh, really appreciate you spending time with me. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Great to see you. Um, I don't think there's a Zoom call, whatever this is, but it's great to be on your, uh, on your show. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends.
0: So, I thought it would be a good idea this week, especially for those of you who might not have time this morning to read the column or anytime on Monday. Um, You can get on your treadmill, you can take your power walk, you can do whatever and listen to a good 12 minute section of the top of my column on Tom Brady. So, let's get going with that. And uh, I'm going to try to give you a couple of the sections that and I really think are important. I'm going to start with the top of the column. Dateline Tampa. At mid-morning Friday, anticipation was heavy in the air at Bucks training camp, as heavy as the stifling humidity. Heat index, exactly 100 degrees. GM Jason Light in a Bucks orange mask dotted with team logos. walked near, not within six feet, a camp visitor and said quietly, the defense has been secretly scouting the offense and the offense has been scouting the defense. The camp air horn blew, a rustling in the air, a few whoops, a let's get it. Period three of the Bucks' 10th training camp practice would be special. Five months after Tom Brady signed with the Bucks, two months after NFL offenses and defenses would normally square off in OTA practices and one month before he quarterback his first pro game not for the New England Patriots today would feature the first practice for Brady against the feisty Tampa Bay defense helmets no pads light contact normally you'd figure who cares it's just a football practice but in this COVID season of no offseason work and a gradual return to real practice after two slow-played weeks of acclimation to football. The anticipation was justifiably, justifiably amped up. Intense mourning. Vomit would be spewed before it was over. Three Tampa Bay DBs, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Mike Edwards, had a bet. Who'd pick Brady first this summer? Meaning, who would have an interception off Tom Brady first. Backup quarterback Blaine Gabbert told me, definitely didn't feel like a normal day in training camp, that's for sure. This was OTA one, what should have been the May 15th practice. But now we're in a time crunch. Plus, the defense first shot at Tom. The last pass Brady had thrown against competition was to Tennessee cornerback Logan Ryan a pick six that sealed a gloomy Patriots loss and ended Brady's New England career seven months ago. No quarterback in pro football history has left a team after two decades to start somewhere else. This was the practice that would start to answer the biggest question, non-virus division, of the 2020 NFL season. What's the 43-year-old man got left? Shortly after 9 a.m., Brady, in a creamsicle orange practice shirt, his name and number in white on the back, the only buck in -in back-in-the-day calf-length white socks, got Tampa's first offensive unit in a huddle. Something else new. With no spring practice and distancing restrictions enforced in the first two weeks of camp, this was the first huddle of calendar year 2020 for the Bucks. Imagine that. In 30 days, these new-look Bucks, with a new quarterback learning his first new offense in 20 years, would open in New Orleans against genius collaborators Sean Payton and Drew Brees, together since 2006. And here was Tom Brady, huddling with his new team for the first time. They've got some work to do. On one of Brady's first throws is a buck with a linebacker bursting through the middle of the line and a safety blitzing from the left. Offensive coordinator Todd Bowles was not fooling around in this practice. Free agent receiver Cyril Grayson busted her out. Looked like he could, he should have uh, curled or ran an out at eight yards. But he ran past that, and Brady threw to the spot he thought his receiver would be at. And safety Mike Edwards dove uncontested and picked it off. Edwards, you won the bet, son got up and exultantly sprinted down the sidelines. Coach Bruce Arians, who is very good at swearing, let Grayson know his mistake was, well, costly. Grayson probably won't run that wrong route again. Brady never saw Edwards cross into the end zone, nor did Brady see Edwards underhand thrusting the ball skyward while his screaming mates ran to celebrate with him. Brady, emotionless, Walk back to see what offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich had for him. Next play. So I talk a little bit at that point about how weird this year is, about I hustle back to the Epicurean Hotel in Tampa and wait there uh, to make sure I get my interviews for the day. Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks, and Bruce Arians, and and Tom Brady. Um, and when I got Brady, he said to me, are you in a hotel room right now? And I said, yeah, I was. And he goes, man, this is so different for everybody. We're all trying to sort through it like you are. Now, in my column, I really enjoy this sort of play-by-play of, of practice on Friday, But I wanted to give you the other section of this column I wanted to read is about O.J. Howard. Now, O.J. Howard, as you know, or you may know, was the uh, 19th pick of the 2017 draft. He ran a 4.5140 at 251 pounds. And everybody said, my God, size and, and speed, he's got the best combination of anybody in this draft. And quite frankly, he's been a disappointment. So when Tom Brady got to Tampa, he saw this tremendously gifted player who hadn't played well. And I don't I did not ask Brady directly about this, but seems like he might have taken him under his wing a little bit. So I'm gonna read you this section about uh about OJ Howard. So there's a lot in this Brady story to sort through, watching him for two days. His arm, I thought, looked very good, better than it did late last season. But before getting to that, watch this short video from Thursday's practice. NBC videographer Annie Koblitz shot it when I was combing through her video Thursday night to see what I might have missed at practice. This 46-second piece of tape jumped out at me. This could be the first time I've ever made a piece of video, an actual part of my column. But Koblitz's work is important to the Brady Belichick or Brady Buck's acclamation story, at least the story that I found in Tampa. It shows that Brady is doing a heck of a lot of coaching. From the far sideline, Koblitz and I were maybe fifty yards away from Brady as he ran through an obstacle course and throw drill. The sound isn't pristine on the tape, but you should be able to hear some of Brady's words. I'll describe the scene. You see Rob Gronkowski. Wow, there's Gronk. Catching a ball from Brady up the right seam and putting it away. <clears throat> then Koblitz's camera pans back to Brady, maneuvering in and out of four padded dummies, simulating moving quickly in a crowded pocket. He emerged to loft a tight pass or uh, loft a pass to tight end OJ Howard up the left sideline. Then Brady called to Howard. Juice, Brady called out. Keep those shoulders square. Then Brady stood in place, pumping his arms like pistons, up and down. Right here, still pumping his arms. Last minute, catch it on your hip, Brady said, with some garbled words in the middle. I was dying to know what it all meant. I figured Howard probably wasn't sprinting full go. Maybe Brady was urging him to have better mechanics running. But last minute, catch it on your hip, what was that? So I got Howard on the phone and asked him. You hit it on the head, Howard said. That's Tom coaching me. Tom's been coaching a lot of guys one-on-one. When he says, shoulders square, if you watch me on film, and he watched me, watch me a lot, I'd be running a vertical route, not going as fast as I should have. That's because I'd be running a vertical route, but I'd look back and it'd slow me down. He'd say, keep those shoulders square. Don't slow down for me. Six, eight yards, pump your arms, sell it like a go route. I'll get you the ball. Unpacking. In the 2017 draft, Howard was the best side speed player of all. At 251 pounds, he ran a 4 5 The Bucks made him their first round pick. Now he's had three meh seasons and, and picked up some bad habits. And now he's at the crossroads on a tight end rich team, the subject of trade rumors since the day Gronkowski came out of retirement to wear the pewter. But if a four five one one guy is peeking back at the line all the time, he's not going to be a four five one 5 one guy. He's negating one of the best qualities of, that any NFL tight end has. Catch it on your hit means, in essence, don't worry. The ball's going to be where only where you can catch it. Brady liked what he saw when Howard came to Tampa for quarterback receiver workouts in May. And of all the great weapons Brady has here, it's perhaps the best arsenal he's ever had, and certainly since the 16-0 Randy Moss year in 2007. The one that looked the best, the player who looked the best in the two days I watched was Howard easy when tom does that howard said to the coaching point it's huge for me to hear i worked on that all off season bad habit i had to break so he puts it in my head every day that's what a true leader does and he does it in a humble way so chill that's tom brady one of the best ever to play our game and every day he's got something for me to make me better so that's the section of my column I wanted to give you. Um, I, look, I really look forward to, to hopefully you reading it, uh, sending some comments to me uh, by email at peterkingfmia at gmail.com. Would love to hear your reactions both to the column and to uh, this podcast. Um, and now let's, uh, we're going to move on and we're going to go to a little discussion. Between me and said videographer, NBC Sports producer, Annie Koblitz. Back for our final segment on this special Peter King podcast. Happy to be joined by Annie Koblitz, who really wants to be on TV. And this is her big chance.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, so Annie Koblitz... um, has i've worked with her for a couple of years now at nbc uh she is a training camp tour veteran and this obviously annie is a very strange training camp trip because usually very we don't have any worries about doing anything and we're driving till all hours and we're doing all this stuff but here we got to be really really careful and I think we've done a good job. Look at us maskless here. Me too. I <laughs> About know. About five feet apart. <laughs> well, but we should
3: say we're maskless because we're in a crew together for this week. Yeah, Yes. Yeah. So, we've committed to this
0: pod. Right. And so uh, we've driven. I met Annie down in Tampa uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I met yep. Annie down in, in, in Tampa on Wednesday evening. And we went to the Bucks on Thursday and Friday, then got in the car And drove to Atlanta, which is, and by the way, Georgia is a long state. (laughs) Um, And then we watched the Falcons on Saturday. Got in the car again on Saturday afternoon and drove here to Nashville, which is why we're in Nashville with the sun setting. Isn't it nice?
3: It's nice. I heard you at the beginning say I basically did all the driving.
0: (laughs) I think we should clarify. What do you mean? What do you mean? We've done I have 12... not done any driving.
3: I've done all, not basically, I have done all the driving.
0: Yeah. Spent 12 was, hours. That was including... a poorly placed adverb. <laughs> Is it an adverb or adjective? It's not an adjective.
3: It's but... an adverb, I believe. Yeah.
0: So anyway, here we are in Nashville. And we thought just for the scene, we would uh, do product placement. Yazoo Brewery Dos Peros Beer. And do you know what Dos Peros means?
3: Two dogs. Two dogs.
0: <laughs> and look at the cute little pups on the. On and they're not thing.
3: paying us a dime. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but anyway, so what I really wanted to do, and, and the reason why this is part of the podcast, is because Annie Koblitz witnessed something at Buck's practice on uh, Thursday. And she witnessed something that when I was going over the footage, because on Thursday night, I wanted to look at all the footage just to see, okay, what, have I, what did I miss? Maybe there's something that I should have seen that I didn't see that Annie has on videotape. And the other thing is, she also you know, has sound. So I could put in earphones and I could listen to it. So about, I don't know, I think 23 minutes into the tape, there is this little byplay between Tom Brady, quarterback of the Bucs, and O.J. Howard, a tight end who has been sort of an underachieving tight end for the Bucs. But something happened on this day that led us to be very curious now about the relationship between Brady and Howard and also how much coaching. Brady's doing you don't think of him as a coach, but I think he's doing a lot of it That's obviously one of the things I wrote about in my column, but Annie, I want to ask you. What did you hear? What did you see and sort of describe the scene to us that you saw?
3: Yeah, um, I think what's the best part about the training camp in quarantine or not is when we get back in the car and we kind of do like our note review our mental note review yeah. And the first thing I said to you was, wow, Brady's a lot more verbal than I thought he was going to be. He's coaching a lot more than I thought he would. And I said there was this one moment where, you know, he's kind of like motioning to Howard. I didn't know it was to Howard. You told me later. But he's kind of motioning to the person catching the ball how to do that better. And I thought that was just a little curious. I didn't think too much of it, but definitely more verbal than I was expecting. And the energy there I thought was just way better than I was expecting to. I thought the players would be like a little nervous to be playing with Tom and they're just excited and he's excited. And that moment was cool. I've never seen Tom Brady in person because we never go to the Patriots. Um, so that moment was cool just to see how he interacts with those players and how he's already so ingrained in the Bucks team, kind of. What was your biggest takeaway?
0: Uh, you know, you're right. It's um... – I was telling Mike Vrabel of the Titans, I talked to him today, and I said, you know, we don't ever really get to see, even when you go cover the Patriots, you don't really see what's happening at practice. You know, right. you're very far away from it. Um, but my impression was, was basically twofold. Brady, it's funny how I thought about this when I was watching him. He, he's, he's really happy.
3: Very happy.
0: He is so into this. And, you know, you can tell some, somebody's happy when, you know, they're engaged mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're really into something. But the other thing that I saw is something you didn't see. Just to explain to people, on Friday, I was able to watch the Bucks first offense versus defense work of the year. And as I wrote in my column and you heard, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers until Friday morning at about 9.05 AM had not been in a huddle this year. Tom Brady had not huddled with his offensive teammates this year at all. So, and, and, and just imagine, it's one month from the time where you got to fly to New Orleans and play Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And these guys who, you know, as I say about Brees and Payton, they finish, finish each other's sentences, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that, that really, really struck me. But my point about Friday that was so interesting is that there was a point in the practice early on on Friday where one of Brady's receivers ran the wrong route. And Brady threw to the spot where the guy should have been. It's a young free agent wide receiver. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And the defense intercepted the ball. Guy ran it back for, for a touchdown. And Brady never saw him run it back for a touchdown. He saw the interception, he turned around, and he just started walking to offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich and as i said in my column next play you know yeah. i just really loved that little little vision you know of of you know there's nothing brady can do about a guy who turned the wrong way right. and he caused him to throw an interception it's you know practice one of the preseason right. basically so you just say, ah, you know, we'll clean that up and don't worry about it and move on to the next play. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of the coolest thing.
3: Yeah, I think yeah. overall I thought he would – I don't know the way everybody talks about the Patriots so much when talking about him still. I thought he would – I don't know if I expected him to, like, look sad, but I thought <laughs> I thought it would be a little different than him just being an athlete on a team and, like, he's ready to go with this new team. He's not – I'm sure he thinks about the Patriots a lot, but – it's probably like an ex-boyfriend. He packed up all the clothes that had Patriots on it, put it in a box in the closet. And he's, he seemed very moved on to me and ready for this yeah. season. Which, I don't know if I expect him to be crying and still thinking about Bill Belichick.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, you know, when Brady is on the steps of Canton one day and Bill Belichick is sitting in the front row... It isn't that people are going to forget that they might have had a little head to head issue Mm -hmm. here or there. But I do think it's a lot like Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, and and a lot of like coach quarterback, you know, kerfuffles over the years.
3: Right.
0: It's going to go away. Totally. Because Tom Brady is a guy who understands that sometimes the head coach has to make decisions. he's going to hate. He just gets it. Mm -hmm. And But I I mean, really, the coolest thing that Brady said in my opinion, remember we're we're watching Brady, uh, or Brady's talking to me, and he said, you know, I played football for 30 years now, Mm -hmm. high school, college, and pro. And this is the first year that I've ever been coached. My head coach has been an offensive coach. So by the way, I went back. I didn't put this in the column, but I went back and I found out that obviously Bill Belichick for twenty years, right? Lloyd Carr at Michigan, he was a defensive coach. He redshirted there, so he had him for five years. And his high school coach, you know, for four years at Sarah High in California, was, uh, you know, a defensive coach. Right. So he's right. Bruce Arians is the first guy to, you know, and and. I'll tell you, Brady is loving it, uh, and he's loving Arians. And I think one of the reasons he's loving it is because Arians really kind of trust him. Yeah. You know. Yeah,
3: he just seemed excited. Yeah. I, he seemed super excited. The team seemed excited. He loves the game. And, like, you could tell they're Couldn't all could Couldn't you just, just tell?
0: You could just feel he, it. He, I mean, he freaking loves football.
3: He loves it, and he's so happy to be playing. <laughs> he, just, he loves football. I think football. the guys are happy to be playing in general right yeah. now. I think they're stoked he's on their team and you can just tell every play they're just not taking for granted. You know, yeah. they're just like pumped to be out there, like yeah. kids in a backyard field or something like that. He's just excited.
0: Um so I know this is your star turn and you're finally getting a chance to show everybody at NBC yeah. that look, I should be on television. Yeah, longtime so- listener, first time <laughs> caller here. <laughs> I don't know why
3: I'm on this, but hey tell I'm me your uh,
0: well i mean i i wanted you on this for a very simple reason that that scene that you that you witnessed and that you videotaped uh, honestly was a huge part of my column and if we Good. didn't if we didn't have that i would have written sort of the same stuff but we would not have had that exact thing yeah. that i then would you know reached out and talked to oj howard yeah and got his version of cool. what do you think of your new bff tom mm-hmm. you know so anyway all right so give me any other thoughts you have about uh there this trip what what are you what are you thinking right now
3: um i'm thinking i'm happy we're here we've been texting for months saying we'll find a way to make it work <laughs> and we made it work yeah um, it wasn't that different being there than it usually is. You know, we didn't get the player interviews at the end, but you're still in the field and out yeah. watching practice, which is great. Everybody asks um, how weird it is to see Brady in red and orange. I didn't think it looked that weird. I'm pretty yeah. adjusted to it at this point. I don't know. I'm happy for but you know
0: But you know what? I'll tell you what, what one of the interesting things is. Like, you and I, as we sit here right now, we're probably only you – know, Of course, everybody on the team, in the organization, they're there. They're seeing it. Right. But, and the local reporters are seeing it. Right. But I just get this feeling, James Palmer from NFL Network has decamped there, and I have not seen a lot of their coverage, so I'm sure he's been doing some things, but I really got the feeling that, you know, there's a lot of people uh, who I think are very interested in this story, but have Mm -hmm. not seen anything
3: it's true you know what i mean
0: because it's such a difficult thing to document this year you know and
3: i think that might work in their favor like last year and the year before the teams that are kind of like silently grinding and doing work that nobody gets to realize like last year the seahawks and the 49ers were both just kind of like doing work and people were like fascinated by way other teams like the Browns and you know these teams that get the major hype and they have the media there and they get the fans to sell out their preseason games and their training camps. I think it's like kind of a distraction and this might work in their favor that it's not this huge show in Tampa right now.
0: You know what I I got this sense from their PR staff that I mean they have been down for so long. Right. You know Mm -hmm. and you know, they really got beaten down last year by Jameis Winston's 946 interceptions. Right. And I think they were really looking forward to, you know, because I think most people back, what was it, March 20th, March 22nd or something when they signed Brady, you know, I remember thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to go to their training camp. It'll be great. Right. And it still was cool to go to the training camp, but it was cool in a weird way.
3: Yeah, I know what you you mean. I think it might help them though. Yeah, I think it's distracting for the players when there's that hype before a play has been made. But I I mean, the Patriots are closed off for a reason, and they do well without. But I think I think the
0: the PR people and the ownership and everything they wanted the hype, right? You know what I mean? That's a bummer. And I think they kind of wanted the hype because more hype, more tickets you sell. I mean, the big bummer for the for the Bucks. They've been having a lot of trouble selling tickets in the last few years. And so yeah. this time they were going to sell all their tickets and now they're, who knows? I don't know. They'll probably have a few fans, but. Uh,
3: it is sad for the fans and for the city, yeah. but I feel like it might help the team.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's. Round this up by talking about the Dick Vitale experience. I
3: was just about to bring <laughs> up Dickie V. I was about to say, I feel so bad for Dickie V that he might not be able to watch them play yeah. after all, all right, this. So,
0: so tell tell the free world
3: mm-hmm.
0: and also the captive world, probably. Tell everybody <laughs> about our experience with Dick Vitale.
3: Dickie V is one of the greatest. No, but I mean,
0: explain what we did.
3: I will, but oh, okay. I would like right, to first right. say that Dickie okay. V is one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my entire life. Top five, <laughs> easy.
0: Dick Vital is in your top five favorite humans of all time. Yes. Okay, who's the other four?
3: Um, my mom. Okay. Who's one of like one of the people that will be listening to this podcast? So I'll say my mom. The other three, you, let's put you on it. Okay,
0: yeah, I'll take that.
3: You're a good time. (laughs) Everybody says I have the greatest job in the world, only when I'm your personal driver for the training (laughs) camp tour. Um, The next two greatest people. Oh, wow, that's tough. Probably my best friend, Erica. And man, I don't know. How
0: about a famous person? Have you, You've met some famous people. Wouldn't any of them, other than Dick Vitale, be on the list? Um, you could always say virtual Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Who you met in Tampa Bay?
3: I think I'll save number five for LeBron James. Just great guy. Okay. Met him briefly, and I'll count it.
0: Okay, good. Yeah.
3: Do you have a top five? Is Dickie V on it? I guess is a better question.
0: Nothing personal about Dickie V, but no, I don't think so. I don't know who would be on the top five. That's a, it all depends what it's about. Like, is it about either famous people? Is it just really good people? Good. Give me the category. Good Define people. the category. Good people. All right.
3: That you want to spend time with, that are people that have the best positive on this earth.
0: Anne king. Hmm
3: course, a saint. She is. A saint the saint, saint Anne. My <laughs> wife, Anne.
0: Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. And I'd hem and haw a lot in this thing. And, you know, I really like my sister, Pam. Uh, and I have some good friends. But I don't know. We'll, we'll save that for the next podcast, the next time we get to Tampa Bay. Is there anything else you think we should talk about?
3: I mean, 20 years of Brady that you've been covering. Any differences between that you've noticed the most? He posted a picture from 20 years ago to now. Any biggest differences you've noticed from Tom 20 years ago to Tom now? 2000 Tom to 2020 Tom.
0: You know, the interesting Tom story that I tell people sometimes is, when I worked at Sports Illustrated, uh, every year around September, October, they would ask the staff, do you have any uh, nominations for Sportsman of the Year, Sports Person of the Year? Mm-hmm. And, uh, This one year I gave, I said Tom Brady and I said that it's not just because he won the Super Bowl this year, it's because when he went into contract negotiations with the team, he and his agent said essentially, um, you do not have to pay us top of market. We'll take a little bit less, but we have to be absolutely sure that you will take that money and you will use it to fill the roster with good players. Hmm. And that's what the Patriots did. And I said, that is the sign of, to me, and look, I would never, ever say a guy should take less money or anything like that. Brady's view, uh, and I've never asked him about this, but Brady's view really is that two things. I really want to win a lot
3: Mm
0: -hmm. and when you win Super Bowls, you have a lot of opportunities to make money off the field mm-hmm. and so therefore, I think Brady's whole view was you know, I could probably sit in some hotel room in St Louis and sign my name for five hours and make a million dollars so true. I don't even know if that's true, but he's <laughs> got to be he's got to be thinking you know uh, you know let's not let's not be a pig at the trough but but anyway, so I told. Our managing editor, Terry McDonald, and so we ended up picking Brady. The event was in New York. Tom came, this is pre-Giselle days. Tom came, it was during the football season on a Tuesday night. Tom came, Robert Kraft of the Patriots was there, a few other Patriots, but Tom's mom and dad were there. And so Terry McDonald stands up and he goes, you know, I want to tell you why we picked Brady. And he told my story. He told the story of what I had, had said. And at the end of, of the evening, Brady made it a point to come up to me. And he goes, he stuck his hand out. He goes, this really means a lot to me. Thank you. That's nice. And his dad said, you know, when Tom was uh, in middle school, whatever it was called, he would come home on Thursday or Friday and look for Sports Illustrated to see if they wrote anything about his Niners. <laughs> and so, you know, his his dad's point basically was, this award is huge for Tom. Yeah. And so, and and so, a lot of people have asked me over the years, well, geez, how do you, how do you, how do you get Brady? Like, you know. I don't know this for sure, but I don't think he's gonna do a lot of one-on-one interviews in training camp this right. year. He might. I, I, I don't know. I I didn't Doubt I didn't it. ask. Yeah. But he's got a long memory. And he has this feeling of um I think he has this feeling of uh I respect the job that Peter does and if i can help him i want to help him yeah. and that's just kind of the way he is and and you appreciate that about guys but honestly if he ever said you know not not in any way that it's over or or whatever if he just said you know i i just i need to prioritize other things i would say hey thanks for everything yeah because my relationship with him has been really good and i've been able to to talk to him at a lot of important times and anyway. So I guess the thing I would say about this particular thing, I think it's really cool to see him in Tampa, Mm -hmm. but I also think life is full of transitions. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't go to another team in two or three years, it would be about transitioning to some other life, whatever it is. And it's still going to be that transition. You can't do one thing forever. He did that thing for 20 years. Nobody's ever done that. It's insane. It's insane. Insane. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And good
3: for him. He wants to keep playing.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to say to our friends around the world?
3: So I was thinking about watching him for an hour playing. Yeah. There will be some science that he comes out with later about wiping your sweat every five (laughs) minutes.
0: I know, you made that comment. You said, wow, he's got to wipe his, he his head. He must know something and,
3: yeah. we don't know because he took his helmet off and wiped his head every 10 seconds. Yeah. I thought,
0: you know what? It, it, the other interesting comment he made was about, you know, this is just another kind of inclement weather. I had to get used yeah. to New England <laughs> weather in New England. Exactly. And, 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 you know, I'll get used to the heat. It's, it's no weather. big deal. weather. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah.
3: So do you think, this is another question that comes up a lot. Yeah. Do you think Belichick's, pats or brady's bucks will do better this year because the media loves the head-to-head it's not going to go anywhere i think the
0: bucks are going to have a better record uh i just look at it it isn't only that they don't have brady i think cam newton will do fine Mm -hmm. i really do and he might do very well um but i also think look at all the opt-outs they had dante hightower you know after this is this is just my thing, but if you look at the strength of their team last year, in my opinion, was the, the linebackers. Many snaps, they have four linebackers on the field. All those guys are gone. They're all gone. So it's easy to say, ah, oh, the Belichick system, it might do, you know, they're gonna be okay. Maybe they will be, but at some point, you start to pay the price for losing all of these good players Mm -hmm. that you had and they've lost a lot of good players from last year and I look at Tampa and I basically say I think they've got an up-and-coming defense and I think their offense is going to be absolutely explosive you know heard it here first I think Tampa's going to win 10 or 11 games wow yeah I that really will be do. the
3: quote that is pulled from this whole yeah. 20 minutes. I, yeah, I think Just so. that. Nobody cares about the rest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Is there anything else?
3: No. Thanks okay. for having me. It's been great.
0: Annie Koblitz, thank you. And thanks in advance for driving all eight hours and 22 minutes from here to Kansas City. Yep. Um, no, I'm not going to make her do that. So, anyway, hope you enjoyed uh, our little byplay And And... Uh, Uh, What else do we want to say? Anything else? No, I think we're good. Keep following the tour. Right. Yeah, keep following the tour. That's our special podcast from Tampa Bay about Tom Brady. I'll be back on Wednesday with my regular podcast, The Peter King Podcast. And until then, thanks for listening.